You're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning and joined by myself, Lawson, and we've got Matthew in the studio as well. And we are super glad to be with you this morning and on The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM, talking about all things positively different radio. And right now, we are going to get into our next quiz question. This is an oldie but goodie because it goes way back to Genesis. So it says here, friends, who was the father of Methuselah? Who was the father of Methuselah? Who was the father of Methuselah? Methuselah, now, what's Methuselah yeah, longest living man in the Bible and yep. whatnot. Who was his dad? If you know the answer, 0491-064-669. That is the number to text. What's cool, his name actually um, preempts a prophetic event. Yeah, ah, yeah, of course, of um, course. Yeah, that would flood. Yeah, the flood that would you know take place, and of course, Methuselah's names mean you know flood. when he dies, it will come. It will come. So, got two books as well for our giveaway: Hearts of Fire and Trouble on the Way. Now, it is a draw. We spin a wheel on uh, you know at. 8.45 on Friday, and as a result of, you know, whoever wins on that wheel, they will get this prize absolutely for free. Both of these books, Trouble on the Way and Hearts of Fire, both of these about persecution of Christians around the world in the modern era. We want to give these to you guys absolutely for free, and the only way to win it is to win our draw. So again, that question was, who was the father of Methuselah? 491064 0491-064-669. Hey, we've got a text message in, and it was regarding Brad's interview about the Sabbath. We were talking about Sabbath keeping, we we're talking about what that looks like, uh, and whatnot. And we've got an interview, uh, oh, sorry, I should say, got a question in on the text line. It says this. G'day, I'm listening to the breakfast broadcast and the discussion on the Sabbath. A couple things to take into consideration is first and foremost, the Sabbath was a law to the Jews, much like the dietary law civil laws and tithing and so forth. But after Christ, we live under grace and not by the law, according to Paul in Romans chapter 3 and 4. Furthermore, Romans 14 and verse 2, one person's faith allows him them to eat anything. Then on to verse 5, one person considers one day sacred, another person regards every day the same. Paul's answer to this disputation says, let everyone be convinced in his own mind. Paul further says this becomes a stumbling block if you regard the Sabbath as unclean, then it's, you know, as if Sabbath is unclean, then it's unclean to you. Verse 14 says, everything that does not come from faith is sin. Whatever that isn't from faith, from eating to Sabbath and everything in between. Sabbath was a law of the Old Testament. Uh, and never, and you never have a law in the New Testament that says that you must abide to it. But if you are convinced and convicted to keep it, then keep it for God's glory. Uh, but let's not bring us back under the law, which cannot save, but by grace that is freely given by our you know, by our curses that was placed upon Christ at Calvary, and we impute his blessing and righteousness. Thank you and take care. I really like this text message because there's a few ideas that, you know, I want to get in and talk to here. I'm not going to say that I completely agree. I do agree with the point that everything that we do must be done in faith and because of faith as a response. And this is what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. You know, we're saved by grace through faith. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. When we, and I'll state my position, you know, I advocate for Sabbath keeping as a you know a seventh day sabbath from from sunset to sunset like i advocate for that but not from the perspective of legalism that keeping the sabbath will save you no like jesus christ will save you 
right. uh, and if we are to sin, we have an advocate. We, you know, the only way that we can out, come out from sin is not then by going, okay, well, I'm going to keep the Sabbath enough so that I can be saved. No, the salvation ha- happens only through the grif- the gift of God through grace. Like we, we know this very clearly. But then why do we keep Sabbath? The, the point is made here. It says the Sabbath was a law to the Jews, much like the dietary laws, civil laws, tithing, and so forth. Uh, I don't want to get into the rest of those laws, but speaking of the Sabbath particularly, what I want to make absolutely clear is that the Sabbath was not a law only to the Jews. That's correct. And that is, we, we know this because the Sabbath was included within the moral law. The Ten Commandments was universal principles of truth. As much as we don't murder now, they didn't murder back then, and Mm -hmm. it was commanded. As much as they were commanded back then not to commit adultery, we don't commit adultery now. And that giving of the Ten Commandments in Exodus, again, the difference between them, the rest of the civil laws and whatnot were written on parchment, the Sabbath being written in stone, you know, as a part of the civil laws, it's abiding forever, not again to to say that keeping those laws saves you, but rather that they are just the natural principles under which we live. You know, if we strip it right back and right back and right back, you know, there won't be those civil laws in heaven, right? You know, there won't be those kinds of things, that, you know, in regards to clean and unclean. I, you know, in us, it's faith affirm. I don't want to get into that now. We do have some certain opinions about clean and unclean that I think are very biblical. But simultaneously, in heaven, we're going to eat vegetables, you know, like we won't even eat meat. Because so you won't kill anything. That, that's right. And so... <clears throat> clean and unclean won't necessarily i think it'll still apply but it won't necessarily apply because we won't even eat meat so it's like there's nothing there but the 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 moral law of you know not worshiping other gods not committing idolatry and whatnot it's binding forever and how we know that is that people kept the moral law even in the garden of eden the sabbath was instituted within the garden not as a result of moses but in the garden originally now there is a the the point brought up here romans chapter 14 uh, which is interesting. It says, you know, actually, do you have Romans chapter 14 up? Uh, it's okay. I got it in front of me. It says this. It says, receive one who is weak, but do not dispute doubtful things. For one believes he may eat all things, but he is weak, only eats vegetables. Let him who eats despise him who does... Let, let, let not him who eats despise him who does not eat. Let not him who does not judge, uh, not eat, judge him who eats for we for God has received him um, for who are you to judge another servant to his own master he stands and falls indeed he will be made to stand and God will be be able to make him stand and we see this eating and not eating actually in a greater context of you know the the idea of uh, you know uh, you know, sacrificing to idols, yes. eating food. I don't want to get into the eating food argument, but then, uh, like completely. But I just think it's interesting here because it then goes on to say, like it's talking about eating food, not eating food, and what is good to eat, what is not good to eat. And then we come to verse 5 and 6. Do you have that one in front of you, uh, Romans 14, verse 5 and 6? I do. Yeah, if you could get that one for us, that'd be awesome. It, it says, one person esteems one day above another, another esteems every day alike. Now, let each be fully convinced in his or her own mind. Mm. They who observes the day observes it to the Lord, and they who does not observe the day uh, to the Lord, the day uh, those who do not observe the day to the Lord does not observe it. He who eats eats to the Lord, for he gives God thanks, and he who does not eat to the Lord 
he does not eat and gives God thanks. Mm, absolutely. Now, people have read this verse and they said, oh, okay, well, it's been talking about food. This must be obviously talking about Sabbath. But I want to just look at this verse really quick. Uh, I want to ask you a question, Matthew. Yeah, clearly. Is the word Sabbath written here? No. Is the word uh, like rest written here? No. Is the word creation written here? Nothing at all alludes to any of those. Yeah, like the main tenets of the Sabbath, creation, rest, remembering, and the word Sabbath itself is not mentioned here. Then the question is, well, what is it talking about in this esteeming of days? And especially we see this chapter, again, before this is written all about Food. After this is written all about food, we have a context of Sabbath keeping throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. Yeah. Jesus himself, the disciples themselves, keeping Sabbath. And it's like, and we see all of this encouragement to keep the Sabbath. In fact, you will not find a verse in the Bible that tells you to not keep Sabbath. Yep. I've got a quick thought. Yeah. Because um, any time I talk about food now, they're, they're feast days and things like that. Yeah. But I, there's a verse in um, uh, Colossians, uh, chapter 2, 14, saying, blotting out the handwriting, that's a key word, handwriting, of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. Mm. God's moral law that you're referring to was not handwritten. Mm. It was written by the hand of God, not by the hand of man. So I thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah, absolutely. And continuing on this point, in this greater chapter of Romans 14, in this greater context of Romans 14 and what we see there, is that we have this whole passage about food and this whole tradition and context of people keeping the Sabbath. And do you think it's appropriate to throw out uh, an entire tenet of the moral law in two verses that don't, doesn't mention Sabbath, doesn't mention rest, doesn't mention creation, and, and doesn't mention anything to do with remembering or Sabbath keeping? It's like, uh, is, did they throw Did Paul write off the entire Sabbath in two verses that don't, doesn't even say anything about Sabbath, and I would say wholeheartedly no. Again, the entire chapter is about food. Yes. There are two verses that talk about days. How does food relate to days? Well, if I think about again, we have a talk. This is writing to the the Jews in the Roman context and their interaction with the Romans that are there, the problems they're having with um, food sacrifice to idols. And it's like well, the question is, well, how does days relate to food? Well, in two very specific ways. Firstly. Feasting. Secondly, like all the observance of days, feast days. Secondly, fasting, yes. which was a super common practice at that time and esteeming certain days for fasting. And so, like, to, 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 to put the Sabbath in this passage and to say, this Sabbath, this, the Sabbath is completely written off when, Furthermore, if we go back to, say, Isaiah 66, and the Bible says there that Sabbath will be kept for all eternity, how can we write the entire Sabbath off? A, f- a commandment of God that started in creation was commanded a part of the moral law. Again, the point that the Sabbath was for the Jews, I I would g- agree with you if it was contained only within, you know, I, I'm thinking of a Leviticus 23 where it goes through each one of the feast days, the Passover, the Feast of Tabernacles. It includes the Sabbath there, but from the perspective of, you know, that uh, chapter 23 of Leviticus goes through, you know, just a brief overview of details. He's gone through the early chapters of Leviticus, every single 
passage, uh, uh, feast in details. Then Leviticus 23. Oh, hey, these are all, you know, all of the days, you know, we're keeping. But Sabbath is transcendent of those things. It is moral. If it wasn't in the Ten Commandments, it wouldn't be moral. But the keeping of the Sabbath is intrinsic to our nature, to our being, to the world that God has created and how we know that. And I guess final point on this, how we know that is that all of those feasts that all alluded to Jesus were solved in Jesus because they all came after sin. Jesus as the son of God and as his, well, as the son of God reigns forever, right? And whether there was sin or not, he would still be the son of God. But as our savior, as our sacrifice, that came, you know, that happened after sin. We know the Bible says that from the foundation of the world, you know, the lamb was slain, uh, you know, God um, having that plan prepared for if any of his creation sinned, he was willing to die for them. But those, uh, the feasts and the festivals and the, the you know, when we talk about, um, yeah, the, the keeping of certain, you know, feast days and the illustrations that came through the ceremonial law all came after sin. But Sabbath beforehand and you know in the same principle is there similarly to uh you know if we like look at you know murdering murdering was a principle not killing people was a principle right you know before sin came into this world not committing adultery was a principle before sin came into this world and same as the sabbath so therefore how can it not be binding and i think as well you know i i know i said final regards this is the real final regard uh, re- remarks is uh as Brad was saying, Sabbath keeping is one of the biggest blessings you can possibly experience. Giving a day to God where, yes, there are requirements of the Sabbath, but there's a requirement. This God has standards. You know, God has ways in which he wants to connect with. He, he wants to connect with us and us with him. And he says, hey, come to me on a day where you, you know, lay aside your work, lay aside the, you know, the mere pleasures of, you know, I think of, oh, lay aside the, uh, the, the, the basketball, lay aside the, you know, the recording, you know, music and stuff like stuff that I do for fun, lay aside the motorbike riding, lay aside the recreation for a moment and come and worship me. The Sabbath is truly a blessing. And in fact, we communicate to the world that we trust in God's grace by keeping the Sabbath because we can say, hey, look, I trust in God's grace so much. I trust in his provision so much. I can take one day off a week and just spend time with him. So look, I really appreciate the text message that comes in. I hope that uh, for, for the, we don't have a name here, but I hope for you, the, the person that wrote it in, uh, that can be a blessing to you and those that are listening. Yeah, if you have some questions around Sabbath keeping, some of what the Bible says, I hope that has given some clarification to you regarding Sabbath. Hey, just fantastic. So I love, I love getting into the Bible and I love talking about this topic as well. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Connect with us on 0491-064-669. And to the person who sent in that text message as well, would uh, would wholeheartedly, you know, encourage you to text in again and and uh, you know let us know who you are, let us know where you're from and whatnot. Not not for uh, not for you know blasting you in public, but just you know. And if you have any follow up, yeah. Thoughts, if you have any thoughts discuss, and whatnot, we're happy to keep discussing it. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's an open question for others, isn't it, to tune in yeah. and send their questions as well. That's right. Cool theme. Any thoughts about Sabbath? Mm-hmm. Hey, give us a a text zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. That is the number to text there. Can I share a cool thought that? Uh, Brad alluded to, yeah, and which is you're 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 putting the ice cream on the cake here, uh, Lawson. Which is, 
how I help people understand that Sabbath is a day to be with God, there's mm. a word in the word Sabbath. You know what word that is? A B B A. Abba. Oh, like the Father, yeah. So I share with friends that mm. Sabbath is time with the Father. They make it very intimate. If you can if you can figure the word Sabbath with meaning rest, spending that resting quality time with the Father. With mm. your Heavenly Father. Now, I'll make it more intimate. There's two children of mine that live in Queensland, uh, Devontae and Jasmine. Mm. I miss them dearly. Mm. Can't wait to see them. Uh, sometimes I go at lengths, like I don't see them for a year, sometimes two years, because mm. they're busy. One's working as a nurse, the other one's working in university, uh, studying at university, doing business degree. Now, what I find cool is when I see them, I rejoice so much. Mm. I miss them so much. It's a heartache, and I just so love seeing them. Mm. And I believe as we go week to week, mm. God misses us for six days and he rejoices when we, when he sees us and we see him. Yeah. Now, what's come become sad because I use a premise of a verse. It's John 8 32, the one that says, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Mm. So I believe it's, it's God's purpose to take away all the lies about him and take away all the obstacles that the enemies mm. put in front of humankind, mankind, mm. uh, because it's the enemy's desire to, to be blocked from him. Mm. So God takes away all the all the untruths. For, for instance, He wants to convince a lot of our people to think Sabbath's not important. Do your own thing. Mm. Why? Because the enemy knows that's the disconnection day from God, mm. from Abba. So yeah, just yeah, and and of course, like uh, we're encouraged to to connect with God every day, right? I think this is the big thing. Um, but it's also it's like, and God is with us. Like the Bible, you know, Jesus Christ will never leave us nor forsake us. Whether we're uh, whether we're praying and doing our devotions in the morning, whether we're taking out the garbage, or whether we're at work, like God is with us through that time. But we are myopic people, you know. We can say like, and and I think people who say like, I'm resting in Christ always. Like I'm always with Jesus. And I'm like, yeah, but like I can just say there are there. It is just a fact of my life that there are things that I get focused on, and it's like. I like I, I'm I'm a, I'm I am like a hyper focused man, bro. I I can't think about two things at once. Like I'm I'm just there, and it's good, you know, throughout the day to then take that time to go like, oh, like you know, to acknowledge God, and it's like after say a morning of working to then pray, you know, at lunchtime, and it's like, oh man, this is you know, this is so good. But like Sabbath is it's good for us because it's just unadulterated, unaltered time spent with Jesus. Absolutely. That's it. And friend who sent through the message, we just want to encourage you to give it a go. You know, this Mm. is obviously a huge new thought for you. And um, we just want to encourage you to to maybe observe the Sabbath for three weeks. We we did this last year where we were encouraging people to do it, to do the Sabbath challenge. Give it a go for three weeks and just you're going to experience just such a blessing. You'll see that it, this, there's no way this is under any law. This, yeah. is, a, this is a grand gift. Yeah. And uh, I guess, you know, I do want to get into our Bible studies in the Psalms. We're actually <laughs> yeah. doing Psalm 51 today, which is like powerful. But just to close that off as well, talking about it as a grand gift, you know, I, I was 17 years old. Uh, I had started studying the Bible uh, with some dear young people, and I was a non-Christian, a non-believer, very much wrapped in it, wrapped up in vice at that time. Um, and as a result, you know, I was I was struggling heavily with alcoholism and depression, and and life life was a struggle at that time for me. I was you know really really going through it, and. I started to study the Bible, you know, started to have, you know, a great experience. But I remember we, we did our Sabbath Bible study and I became convicted. You know, I became convicted. I need to keep the Sabbath. You know, 
evening to evening as a rest, you know, as a time of rest, as a time of spending time with other believers, reading the Bible and whatnot. And I remember at the time I was living in a share house with like four or five other people who were like big time partiers too. So mm-hmm. if, if I wasn't struggling with alcoholism by myself and drinking by myself, you know, I could go and tr- drink with them. Like I was, I was in, I was, it was, it was so available to me. And I remember, but I could see how much it was, it was just deteriorating my life. Like I was struggling so much with this and I was, I was just powerless to it. You had was, no rest for the sound. I, I was, yeah, I was powerless to it. And then I remember, you know, st- beginning to keep Sabbath and, the Friday night, shutting my door, you know, sun goes down, shut my door when I can hear my uh, housemates outside, you know, partying and drinking and whatnot, shutting my door, opening the word of God and just started to read and started, you know, going to church during, uh, during Sabbath and, and just having that whole day blocked out. And I remember like I, I, I committed to not partying and not drinking during that time. And it made me feel so good. And it wasn't just the experience of not drinking and sobering up, but also of being around, you know, like-minded people. Like, it was just such a blessed experience. It made me feel so positive and good, like, and made me feel so connected to God. Like, I felt so encouraged to continue to drink less and less. And I remember it became, it went from every day to then it was six days a week I was drinking. And then it was a, a couple days a week I was drinking. And then it was like, I remember it was, you know, I'd, because it'd be like, yeah, I would keep Sabbath till Sunday, Saturday night, and then my friends would be going out on Saturday night, and I'm like, okay, it's not Sabbath anymore, and I was still struggling with drinking, and I'd be like, okay, I'll go out with my friends and drink, uh, you know, and, and then I remember eventually doing a Bible study, sitting down with Pastor Peter Watts, who was, you know, studying with me at the time as well, and and just being like, Lawson, you don't need this. Like, God has given you something better. You can see that God has given you something better, and I was like, yeah, he has, and I made my commitment. I made my decision to God. You know, like I am going to go cold turkey. You know, it had already reduced down and down and down to one day a week. And I'm like, okay, that's Saturday night. No more. It's over. It's done. I'm done with drinking. And I've been sober for seven, almost eight years now. And I can really attribute every good thing in my own life to that decision, you know, overcoming alcoholism and whatnot. But I can wholeheartedly say that the Sabbath was a thing, that unadulterated time with Christ without the stresses of the world, where I could just fall before him in his grace, in his mercy. The Sabbath was the mechanism that God used to change that in my life. And and so I, I very much am a proponent of the Sabbath. You know, I very much, and I'll propagate, I'll tell everyone about it, how amazing it is and how good it is because it changes lives. And, and to me, it became so obvious. Once I had the experience of the Sabbath, I'm like, no wonder God wants us to do this because nothing else can give us the, this experience of rest. Absolutely. Nothing else can give us this context of rest from the cares and the hurt and the pain of the world than can the Sabbath. So I've, I've been so blessed by it. That's why, why we love talking about it. You know, we appreciate uh, Brad coming on. We also appreciate the messages coming through, asking questions about the Sabbath. And I'm wholeheartedly happy to talk about it because it, it is just so amazing and it has done so much for me. Yeah, well, let's move into um, our Psalms. But uh, for those who want to keep going with this discussion, Brad, next time he comes on, is going to be talking about the Sabbath, how it transitioned through history and what brought that about. And that's going to be incredibly interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah, we want to encourage everybody to go back and re-listen to the podcast version of today's show so that you can take notes too and and really um, study this topic out. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, Psalm 51 and verse 1, the Bible says this, Have mercy upon me, O God, 
according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when, blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin my mother conceived me. Wow. Powerful, deep, heavy passage here with some interesting implications. And I, I want to start, you know, just, just asking, you know, Psalm 51. This is an incredibly famous psalm. It's the psalm of repentance. Uh, when David was brought, you know, the prophet Nathan came to him and, and uh, convicted him about his great sin against Uriah and Bathsheba. He says, you have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness. He's definitely at this time in need of mercy, in need of loving kindness. Uh, we're going to get into it. We're going to talk all about it. We're going to see how it is that God responds to this. And, and what is the, the shape of David's repentance prayer here? How he falls before God and how it is such a witness to us how to be a man before God's heart. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Joined by self Lawson, we've got Matthew in the studio as well, and we need to get into our very final quiz question. Okay, the question is number five. Um, it is: If you love me, what's the end of it? If you love me, it's in the New Testament. Yeah, if you love me, blank, 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 blank. Mm-hmm. Can't give any clues that like the verse reference because I know it off my head. Mm. It's in John fourteen fifteen. Yeah, classic. Hey, if you know how that, if you if you love me, blank blank blank. If you know how that one ends, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to text. If you text that number with the correct answer, you'll go into the draw to win. Well, we've got two books in front of us: Hearts of Fire, Trouble on the Way. We uh we want to give these to you guys absolutely for free. The only way to get them is to make get in get as in we spin that wheel on Friday, and the only way to get in for the wheel spin is to be able to uh, answer these questions correctly. The more answers, correct answers you give, the more yeah you're able to uh, get in for the draw. So fantastic stuff. Again, that number zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. If you love me, blank, blank, blank. Now, quick context for that verse. It's not a legalistic um, reference. Basically, what it's actually saying, well, love helps you. you know what? I, I just want to cut you off because we'll get into it. We'll get into it <laughs> in our in our in our explanation question because yes. that's actually a fantastic thought. We'll bring it up. Uh, I sorry to cut you off, Matthew. No, Dude, I'm glad, I'm glad. Handshakes across the table. <laughs> I love when we get into this stuff, but I actually I want to save it for our quiz section because it'll be really really good. But now we want to get into Psalm chapter fifty one. Psalm fifty one. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness. And then we jump down and we see here that uh, against you, only you, I, this verse 4, have I sinned and I have done evil, this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. I think it's interesting here. God here. Uh, as David is appealing for the great sin that he has committed, he is p- appealing before God. He appeals to, firstly, God's loving kindness, yeah. his tender mercies, and secondarily, 
his blamelessness in judgment and his righteousness, his justice. Do you think grace and justice can coincide hand in hand? You know, isn't isn't justice blind? Is there is there supposed to be grace in well, justice? You know what I love about your question? It's a presupposition that Satan actually makes. He believes that God cannot be both gracious or just. He believes he can only be one or the other, like two parallel lines that cannot connect. That's how he sees it too. God can only be one or the other. But what's cool is, just looking straight to the cross of Christ, when he died, he actually did both because mm. the just law of God needed a, a, a death to take place in order to justify it. Someone had to pay the penalty. So the death of Christ mm. pays the penalty. But then again, how does that show God as gracious? Mm. Well, Jesus is the embodiment of both yeah. of that because the yeah. grace of, of Christ dying in our place, that's the strong grace right there. Oh. The fulfillment of the, 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 the law's requirements, that justice needs to p- take place, that took place right there. Both yeah. met at the cross and kissed each other. Yeah. And there's a psalm that says that, I'll find it later, that mm. mercy and truth kissed at the, at the cross. Yeah, absolutely. We see that the grace is ultimately enabled Grace is enabled by God's willingness to sacrifice. His justice, his justice is upheld. The penalty for sin is upheld. But his grace, it's his grace that enables, uh, is enabled through his own willingness to sacrifice. And that is, it's the most beautiful picture of God because we see God as logical. We see God as fair. We see God as ordered. But God simultaneously is one who is gracious and loving towards us. And now because of this, you know, that is the appeal that David is making, appealing to everything that God is, knowing that he, it is 100% his fault for his sin. He wasn't caused to do this sin by God. You know, he says here, he says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in my inward parts, and in in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. He says here, he's like, I'm the problem. Like, I was born, I was conceived in iniquity. You've actually been desiring my good. You've been trying to hide wisdom in my inward parts, God. You have been doing the work to, to change me. Absolutely. Um, but then he, he can recognize, he's like, oh, but still, like, this sin, this grave sin, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still held down by it. I'm still broken by it. I, well, to make the uh, catalyst, to make that powerful, mm. Lawson, um, if I can ask a question like this, when do we appreciate God's grace the most? And from my experience, to give a short testimony, mm. when I was in the, the mental institution over at Bungarabi uh, Mental Health Ward in Blacktown, mm. the time I most appreciated God's grace the most is when he delivered me from that hospital when I had eight admissions into that wow. hospital over a course of nearly six, seven years because mm. I would relapse when I wouldn't take my medication, for instance. Mm. Now, what God did, because this was one night I was contemplating suicide to, to end it all. I didn't want to be a pain to others and be a pain to myself and cause all this heartache. And the Lord showed up and he said, Matt, one thing you're not doing is you're not asking me what's causing you all these problems, which mm. I can gladly show you. Wow. And you're not asking me for deliverance and wow. what I can show you going forward. From 2005, my last entry there, God has been so honest to his words. I didn't think I'd see myself doing an evangelistic series at Blacktown, one in the Philippines, mm. um, studying here at Avondale. Mm. Couldn't see it, but God could if we just but trust him wholeheartedly to take mm. that brokenness. So in the context of David, what did he mm. do last? He committed that sin with Bathsheba. How long did it take him? Nine months until the yeah. baby was born. Then who convicted him? 
Nathan with that story about the sheep. You remember how that goes, mm. Wilson? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and it's it's well, he's ultimately he tells him, you know, uh, so gnarly, David. David, uh, he gets he gets tricked ultimately. It's just like, hey, you know, he tells him this parable. He's like, oh. Yeah, uh, there's a man with a hundred sheep and another man with one sheep. And, and, uh, if the man with a hundred sheep takes the sheep of the, of the man with one sheep, you know, is, is he guilty? And he's like, Oh, he's desperately guilty. He deserves death. Like, let's kill him. And man, oh, the man is you. <laughs> Thou art the man. You are the man. That's right. And it's obviously as a result of this, you know, David is brought into great conviction and mourning and writes this psalm. Like, he writes this psalm and he's like, God, I am the problem. Like, God, I am the problem. And, and I feel like, again, this concept of I was brought forth in iniquity and in, my, in sin my mother conven- conceived me. We see there, there is, I, I guess, a sense of, of victimhood. Like, did he have control of him being conceived in sin? And you could say no. But God has worked, and I love that verse 6, where it's like God has worked to bring him out of that, yet his participation in sin, this represents his his perpetratedness. Like, his, his, he has acted in sin. And, and he continues on here, you know, uh, I, th- I think it's powerful. He continues on, and and he's he's saying here, God, it's, you need to change me. Like, I've fallen short. I've failed. I, you didn't change me. And the real uh, center of this passage, we see verse 10, 11. It says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your parent presence. And do not take your Holy Spirit from me. I think this is a beautiful passage because also we can see the inner workings of the whole, like the Holy Spirit working at this time as well. We are deeply here in, uh, here in the breakfast show. We're not dispensationalists. We don't believe that the Jews were saved by law and Christians were saved by grace through the power of the Holy Spirit and Christ's sacrifice. We believe that all people have been saved through Christ. Yeah. All people have been convicted about sin through the Holy Spirit. We see different contexts. We see that before Christ, they had this illustration of Christ, which was the sanctuary service. But ultimately, when we sin, when we fall short of the glory of God, David knew this more than anyone else. It wasn't it wasn't appropriate to sacrifice a lamb here. The only appropriate thing was to fall before God in repentance. And the beautiful thing is that God hears us, and because He Himself has become the sacrifice for sin, He accepts our contrite spirit, our broken heart, and gives us something new. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We're living our best lives here, and we're yeah. Hey, we're we're getting it done this morning, uh, yeah. Matthew. Do you want to get through some of these quiz answers for us? Okay, friends, hold me to clarity because I want to go quite quick, like we're at the races. All right, <laughs> the breastplate in the armor of God represents what? It's righteousness. Two, the insectary. What item was opposite in the golden lampstand? It's a candlestick. Mm. It's the opposite the, yeah, yeah, the candlestick. It's, it's the table of showbread. Mm. What is the third of the Ten Commandments? Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, yeah. for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless to take of his name in vain. Yeah. For who was the father of Methuselah? It was Enoch. Enoch. The, yeah, the, the man translated guy. Absolutely. So when his grandfather died, the flood came. Yeah. Finish the verse. If you love me, keep my commandments. Keep my commandments. Yeah, powerful stuff there. And you know, and this is what we were talking about earlier with commandments. We had a few text messages come in to talking about the Sabbath. Uh, Suzanne writes in and says, God has hallowed only one day of the week. Only one day is blessed and set aside by God. 
and and again, you know, the, the, from creation as well, you know, from before before sin, before uh, before commandments, before anything. Uh, yeah, it's been set apart. He is particular in regards to his day. Many examples are given in the Bible where God is very particular, and you know, the offerings in Cain and Abel. Uh, I don't necessarily have time to get fully into this thought, but I want to say this. Um, God accepts worship, but not all worship is acceptable to God. That's right. I think, uh, you know, there, there's, there's worship that is unacceptable. And there were, there were people who were killing their kids in the name of God, like doing all kinds of wild, wild things, you know, like, and that's not accept. Like God is, is uh, seeking for us to worship him in spirit and in truth. truth. Amen. That's what's acceptable to him. Uh, continues here. Um, oh, I got a text message in and it says here, Sabbath in the Hebrew, uh, does not have Abba in it. Uh, Abba in Greek, you know, it's not spelled, uh, like it is now. Um, but it's appealing to think about. God bless, and you know that that's really beautiful as well. You know, we can, uh, so, yeah, we just just made the light connection there. Like, oh yeah, it's it's not direct translation, uh, but you know, it is just good to see. Um, yeah, the Father represented in His Sabbath. Hey, also another text message here. Verse fourteen to sixteen is my favorite in the whole Bible. Jesus being call uh, Jesus um, being God calls me His friend. Imagine being a sinner and less than dirt, um, being a friendly almighty, the I am, the Alpha and the Omega. That's beautiful, eh? You know, uh, it makes me think of that, that classic song, you know, I'm a friend of God and, uh, we're, we're able to, uh, we're able to, to fall before Jesus, uh, you know, in repentance, seeing him as like our holy creator, king of the universe. But furthermore, he comes close to us. He's knocking on the door of our hearts. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, like I was sharing before, it's, it's Satan's plan to put in lies about him, confusion, because he doesn't want anyone to have that direct connection to him, to find him for who he is. And I believe that, um, just, like the law, we can go too far and become extremist on it. Yeah, uh, that's what we call we legalism. legalist. You, you know, I love that because it's, the Bible says worship God in spirit and in and truth. They both. If, if both. we're worshiping God in truth but without spirit, it's not. It's, if we're worshiping God in spirit but without truth, yeah. it's no. It's in spirit and in truth. They both, because like you said, without the spirit, it's it's actually uh, militant. Mm. But that's why we called the following the law by the spirit of the law. Yeah. Uh, not by the letter, because mm. it becomes a cold formalism, formalism, leaving the legalism, meaning I have to, or mm. else I won't be saved. It's so wrong. Yeah. It's like what you said perfectly, Lawson, it's by the spirit. Now, I've come to learn, you can do the same with grace. Grace can be, if misapplied and misused, a great desensitizer mm. to God's truth. That's right. Because like we're hearing comments, oh, we keep Sabbath every day. You don't mm. need. What happens then if you keep doing that? What happens if that special sanctified separated day? Yeah, it's 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 desensitized. Like mm. we keep it like any other day, mm-hmm. but it's not an any other day. It's a set aside sanctified yeah. day, which is said in the, uh, the the verse twelve of chapter twenty in the Ten mm. Commandments. Um, the Lord has sanctified it. Yeah, and I think yeah. the principle there is that God isn't being ambiguous when He talks about not murdering people. Ah, that too. God, God isn't being ambiguous when He talks about not committing adultery yeah. or. Not um, stealing, yes. like like, it's, and in and in fact, he does like even make Jesus makes it even clearer. Uh, and furthermore, Jesus makes it clear with the Sabbath as well. He says, you know, hey, like Sabbath was uh, made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, worship the Son of Man on the Sabbath. Like that's that's what we have been given. Oh man, we've got a bunch more texts. There's just no time to get into them. But guys, thank you for writing into the show. And you're joined by myself, Lawson. You got Matthew in the studio as well. Shell on the mic. Plenty of people texting in as well. I've had a good morning, hey, and I, I'm just really praising God 
for for that. And but we're kind of the end of the show, man. Oh, man got, it's, too it's, quick. it's too quick. It's too quick. It's it's wrapping up. So hey, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. And as a, a token of our gratitude, uh, we want to give away a prize absolutely for free. I've got a book here. It's called Answers to Difficult Bible Text, New Revised Edition by Joe Cruz. Now, you know, we, you were talking about the Sabbath today, talking about a number of things and, and getting into like what the Bible calls difficult, uh, like I would call difficult passages or this book calls difficult passages. And and you can say, oh, what is what is a difficult passage? Well, it's just things in the Bible that are difficult to understand. And, it it's, and it's simply because it was written outside of our context, outside of our time, outside of our nation. Uh, and it's like, man, how do I get that? How do I understand that? And this book is all about giving insight into, you know, the biblical data, the information, the history regarding these Bible texts that people can sometimes consider as difficult Joe Cruz, fantastic evangelist as well. We wholeheartedly recommend this. To get this book, you have to be the first person to text in book at 0491-064-669. If you'd like this book, Answers to Difficult Bible Text by Joe Cruz, text in book to 0491-064-669. Guys, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Matt, thank you for joining us this morning as well. Uh, We're going to continue on. But guys, remember to talk faith, to live faith, and act faith, and you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.